Hello and welcome to another installment of Bar Talk Podcast, bringing you everything you need to know about law via discussions, interviews, and news updates. Well, welcome everybody to a special golf edition of the Omaha Bar Association Bar Talk podcast. I am here on a beautiful Saturday afternoon with Patrick McNamara of McNamara Law. Hello, Patrick. Hi, Dave. Thanks for having me again. I appreciate it. So this is kind of one of the first podcasts that we were ever wanting to do. was talking just about sports, you and me sitting down, and now we have a chance to talk over some of the new rules in golf because as rule followers and rule aficionados we enjoy uh, following the rules of golf we like love playing the game of golf we just came from the wonderful 27 hole facility Indian Creek Golf Club and uh, in Elkhorn Nebraska home of the Cox Classic now the Pinnacle Bank championship championship event and we played a sporting round um, trying to follow the rules as best we could but um, what are these new changes under USGA guidelines? Well, I first want to say, uh, nice job on kicking my butt today. We played a new format, and uh, uh, Dave pretty much wiped the floor with me. So I, I blame it on the new format. I usually don't win at golf ever with you, so that was a once. That is true. One time. You often don't win. Sure. So, I guess if we're talking new 2019 changes to the rules... Um, this being in 2018 that we are, so it's not taking effect yet. Yeah, these are, and they're not proposed. These are the rules that came out, I don't know, maybe six months ago. Uh, the announced, they announced that the rules would be changing in 2019 and announced what the rule changes were. Okay. Um, it appears that most of the rule changes are for, are geared towards or aimed at uh, speeding up the game, the casual game. Um, whether they actually will end up doing that or not, uh, we'll have to see. I mean, I guess a number of them make the game easier to play. They allow the, the game to kind of move more quickly, allow people to uh, move to the next hole more quickly, not not get backed up. Um, I don't know if that's I, I don't know if it's a conversation for another day, but if the if if time of rounds is the reason that people are playing less golf, uh, or if it has something to do with I don't know what else, but well, and, th- and that's I guess that's a good point. Is uh, when we're looking at the the statistics of their uh, less rounds of golf being played uh, these days than they were ten years ago. There's been a, a decrease in number of rounds played. Um, so on some level, popularity is going down for playing the game, maybe yeah. not watching, but but for playing. Um, and so. What is the average length of a round of golf on a, on a standard, you know, golf course for 18 holes? What is it, what is the length of a round? Well, a quick round on an easier course, uh, if you're playing at a pretty good pace, uh, I would say generally maybe three and a half hours, mm-hmm. uh, four hours or so for a championship course. Um, if it's moving, if nobody's in front of you and you're moving as quickly, for a foursome to play through as quickly as as they could if they're not being held up. Now, rounds do often take more. Um, I think in Omaha, we're blessed with a lot of golf per golfer. So yeah. the, the rounds overall, there's less golfers on the golf course, so the rounds here are quicker. Um, as a New Yorker, 
Uh, I've played six and a half hour rounds of golf at Bethpage State Park before, um, where you're waiting th th for three groups on, on each tee box. Right. Um, I don't think these new role, rules are going to drastically change that, mm. um, but it's it's worth a shot, I guess. I guess maybe if you want to start talking about some of them. Yeah. Um, well, it, 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 I mean, I just, the alternative perspective is uh, W, George W. Bush says, if his round is taking more than two and a half hours, he's he's not enjoying himself. It doesn't matter what he shoots, he needs to be done in the round with the round in two and a half hours. And I don't know how great if you I don't have know nobody you, in front of you and you're playing by yourself. I guess if you're playing by yourself and you're not lining up your putts <laughs> and you're not looking for balls right. and you're, I mean, I don't know how you could finish a, a round of eighteen holes in two and a half hours. Yeah. Even if you're flying. Yeah. Give me on every short putt for sure. Right? Yeah. You're just, I guess, not even putting at all. You're just saying, we'll take a two putt on each hole or something. Or you're driving your golf cart onto the green, which probably saves some time. Yep. I've Walking. seen one person do that ever, actually. <laughs> um, ever so in my life, only one one person. <laughs> one person. Uh, somebody famous, maybe? Yeah. I Talk bet everyone could guess. If you could guess one person <laughs> in the world that you think would potentially drive a golf cart... No. Onto the green. Somebody who enjoys golf, plays golf. Plays on golf. A basis, right? Owns a lot of golf courses, properties <laughs> around the world. <laughs> All right. So we've been we've been talking around it too much. Tell tell me about these new rules. All right. So, and I'll probably pull a list of the rules up. I know most of the changes off offhand, but um, one is that uh, regarding out of bounds shots, the prior rule would be that if you hit a ball out of bounds or you think you hit a ball out of bounds. Um, you have to go back to where you took your prior shot. Often it's you're going out of bounds off the tee. So, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times people would go hit their ball. If they thought it was safe, not hit a, a provisional ball, not hit a second one. Go walk up, look around, try and find their ball. And after, you know, five or ten minutes of searching, say, oh, my ball must have gone out of bounds. According to the rules, you have to walk all the way back to the tee. Right. Uh, and, you know, you could add 20 minutes to your round uh, because of one bad shot, really, if you're looking and then walking back and then... So what's the Especially if you're on the on feet. So you're still allowed to do that, um, and, it, and it's a one-stroke penalty in the old rules. So back um, at the tee, hitting two instead of the first shot, yeah. Uh, or hitting third shot. It'd be your shot. third shot, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because you count your first one, then you take a penalty, and then you're hitting your third one. So the new rule is you can still do that if you choose... Um, but, and this rule is only for, uh, not, they don't say non-competitive play. I forget what the, what the USGA uses. They call it, uh, and they don't say friendly play, but it's not for high level competitive matches. Some of the rules are for more amateur, uh, rounds for, for having fun. But the new rule, which I'll finally get to, is let's say you hit your ball, you don't know it goes out of bounds, you walk up, you look for it, you can't find it. Previously, you'd have to go back to the tee and, and tee off again. Now what you can do is you can take a drop with a two-stroke penalty, um, and you can move it anywhere on the golf course, on the golf hole, uh, as long as you're not moving closer to the, uh, to, to the pin, to the okay. green. So anywhere laterally, even onto the fairway. So you can come right out into the middle of the fairway and drop your ball and take a two-stroke penalty. So I'm hitting my fourth shot. From the middle of the fairway. From the middle of the fairway. Not bad. Two, 200, 250 out, rather yeah. than your third shot from back at the tee. Right. Um, I know, I personally, most of my friends, we 
we don't really play by these rules. We generally will almost treat it as a water hazard where you drop your win it went out and you take a one stroke penalty. Um, right. I guess I was confusing it with the water hazard penalty where you do drop it short of where it went into the water, right? No yeah, closer so, to the pin. Yeah, a water hazard you you drop it near where it went in uh, and you take a one stroke penalty. Right. A ball that goes out of bounds or a ball you can't find, you're supposed to go back to where you hit from, take a penalty, and take the shot from where you hit from. And I'd say from our round today, it was somewhat frustrating at times when we were hitting around um, trees that had just shed half their leaves overnight. Right. And it was pretty much impossible to find balls. Um, so we were hunting for balls that were inbounds right. that we couldn't find because they were underneath leaves or something like and that. And I mean, as we're saying, golf's a gentleman's game. It's a friendly game. So if you and your and your group that you're playing with want to agree to something else, like, okay, so it's the fall. There's leaves all over the ground. To speed the game up, we know we're not going to find the ball. Someone shouldn't have to suffer a terrible penalty on the hole. Um, so we'll sometimes do a free drop or a one-stroke drop or something, uh, which, I mean, makes sense because you're not... You know, if you're out on tour, there's there's spotters everywhere looking for balls where they're hit. Uh, balls aren't just getting lost if they're kind of just two feet off the fairway. Where if you're playing a course at a, at your local municipal uh, and you hit a ball two two feet off the fairway and it ends up under under some leaves and you never find it, I mean it was a good shot. It would have been found if there were people standing around looking to spot your ball. Yeah. Um, and we don't want to be spending. I don't even know what the rule is for how long you're allowed to look. It might be 10 minutes. That's it's a, a long that's time. That's a crazy amount of I've time. I've never... Yeah. I'm not good when it comes to looking for balls. I give up very quickly. <laughs> um, you said that it's a gentleman's game. I'll submit a hot take. It is also a gentlewoman's game. It is a gentle person's game. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Yeah. Um, okay, so out of bounds rule, speeding it up a bit. Um, I like that. I... <laughs> Thank you, Molly. Molly likes that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what else are under the new rules? I think there's something about dropping Yeah, balls. so I don't really know the big deal here. I guess it's so they don't, you don't have to drop multiple times. So if you you hit a ball into a hazard or, or let's say you hit it out of bounds and you're taking your drop, you used to have to drop the ball from shoulder height and basically wherever it lands is where you hit from. It's and anti-tall person. Yeah, really. it is. It is, really. Oh. I agree. It's discriminatory. Um, but you, that's where you'd have to drop from. And a lot of times a ball would, because you're dropping it from a higher spot, maybe bounce back into where, I mean, I don't care. I just toss the ball on the ground. I don't really, <laughs> not, again, right. we're, not, we're not playing these. But the new rule is that instead of dropping the ball from shoulder height, you're supposed to drop the ball from knee height, which I guess will allow the, the ball to sit more. Uh, it'll, it's more likely that it'll stay where it's supposed to, I guess. Um, and again, it, it's it's another one of those rules that just it kind of makes sense on its face that we're trying to make the game accessible to everybody and not not be not have people dropping balls three different times and then having to place it you know which is you see on tour sometimes yeah. right um, and I think that we need to know these rules because there are plenty of people listening to the pod right now who are who are on the cusp of making it to the U.S. Open regional qualifier that was held at. Omaha Country Club this year, you know you have to you have to have a two handicap and seventy five dollars. I think a lot of people are close to a two handicap and seventy five dollars. Well, I will say, t- talking about that, anybody who's likely eligible to 
to end up doing that and has a two handicapper better. Probably knows these new rules better than, <laughs> than either of us do. <laughs> these rules are a suggestion at times that, that we'll, uh, we'll play to our benefit, um, but not to our detriment. <laughs> right, right. Okay, so here's another rule that like I don't think has a real effect. I think anyone who's playing by the rules probably isn't even going to follow this rule. Okay. Um, but it says that uh, if you're playing in a non-competitive match, you can leave the pin in the hole while you're putting. Um, I guess that's supposed to speed up the round also. No. Um, I don't really... I'm surprised they came up with a rule like that. Like I didn't think that <laughs> needed to be addressed. Um, if you're playing moderately competitive with your friends, you're probably going to be removing the pin. If you don't care at all, you're going to be leaving it in. And if you don't care at all, you're not going to be worrying about following the rules of golf anyway. You know, this is, this is more of a, a take on what's what's best you know i've been told when you're off the green and you're chipping in any format or even putting from off the green you should leave it and you have a long distance you know worst case scenario is you're 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 hitting it really hard and it's kind of zooming past the hole so you want it to hit the pin and stop it'll deaden it yeah yeah but but uh and if you pull the pin then it can just roll right over the hole and keep going um so i've been always told and it was i think tom watson who said Always leave the pin in when when yeah that's you anytime can. you're allowed to leave the pin in, uh, maybe not on maybe well not on a putt on really. a putt yeah, um, but ordinarily when you're hit when you're off the green you're gonna want to leave the pin in as often as possible. I mean now I guess we're talking golf strategy more than than anything. The, the listeners to the pod they crave all of the information sure. we can give to them because we are very strategic golfers. And, and I'm pulling up some of the new rules, so I don't... Because I'm forgetting if there's much else. Um, this is a good point to talk about uh, lawyers and where they should um, play golf during the summertime. We, at the Omaha Bar Association, of course, have our field day event. Uh, now held in July at Champions Run. Um, I believe next year it's on the calendar for the 22nd. July 22nd, or around there bar- thereabouts. Um, the Sarpy County Bar Association always has their golf tournament the day after the fall kickoff barbecue that the OBA does. So that's a Friday in the first Friday after Labor Day. And then you have Legal Aid doing their uh, fundraiser golf tournament. Uh, it was held in September of this year and it kind of jumps all over the calendar. Uh, so keep an eye out for Legal Aid's scramble fundraiser. And then finally, but certainly not least, we have the State Bar, um, their Nebraska Lawyers Foundation fundraising golf tournament that was a dismal this year. We were both at Dismal River with our wives golfing in that. Very fun. Amazing event. Great course. Dismal's a lot of fun. Great course. Great courses. 36 great, holes. Great courses. That's right. Um, Jack Nicholas and Tom Doak uh, designed inspired courses. design courses and um, just a wonderful experience. They are moving it next year. It's going to be on Friday of the opening day of College World Series, unfortunately, here in Omaha. I won't be attending yeah, I'm next not gonna year's event. I will be in Omaha CWS parties, but they but are... But they tend to cater to Western Nebraska for yeah. that, and most Western Nebraska attorneys aren't going to opening night of College World Series. Correct. It's it's an easier course to get to. It's at uh, Gothenburg, I believe is the way you say that. Right, town which is there. right off I-80. Uh, Wild Go- Horse. Gothenburg. Gothenburg, yeah. Gothenburg, Wild Horse. Right. Which we also played a couple years ago. We did play that a couple years so ago. further drive than I expected it to be. <laughs> we, we missed an hour somehow on the GPS for that. 
And uh, it was a pretty windy day when we were there, but but it's that western sand hill sort of. Yeah, it's like an hour past Kearney, I think. Yeah. Uh, good good course, better location, I think, for more attorneys to get to. Um, but if you're coming to if you're coming to Omaha for CWS opening weekend, you better get your your buns back this way uh, for that. So um, that was a little station identification moment uh, while Patrick was pulling up some more of these new rules. What you got for us? So yeah, um, here's another one that I just saw the other day. Um, there's no penalty for a double hit. So if you're oh. a real bad golfer <laughs> and you, I guess this generally happens with wedges around the greens, but right. if you hit it really poorly and manage to hit the ball a second time while it's in the air, right? I don't know. I think I remember doing that when I was younger. Um, that's a that used to be you were supposed to count both. It was like a two-stroke penalty, I think, in addition to your shot. Yeah. Um, and now there's no penalty for it. And that's a similar um, rule in tennis that was changed mm -hmm. a while back. The USTA uh, changed the rule that if, if the ball was hit twice off your racket in one motion, it, it would count as the point for the other person. Yeah. You couldn't double hit it. And they changed that rule that if it's in one motion and you accidentally hit the ball twice in your racket, it, it's you keep playing it. You just play yeah. it as if it's a shot. So USGA is following USTA in uh, changing that rule. Right, like and I think the understanding behind that was Anyone who's actually doing that is so bad, we kind of feel bad <laughs> for penalizing them any worse. The ball's not going to go in the right direction anyway at that point, right? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, it's not like it's going to help you. It's not like there's any strategy to it. Right. Uh, I do remember doing that one time, I think. Yeah, really long grass, and when my golf game wasn't any good, came out slow and low and hit it twice. Um so it's interesting. So these rules of golf. So we really do need to follow them when we're playing USGA sanctioned events, right? Yes. Right. So if we're playing a Web.com tour event, a, a PGA tour event, a or like a state amateur or something. or something. Well, I guess that would be under the Nebraska rules. Like if you're playing in a Nebraska amateur or something. Usually, uh, I but mean, they probably the just say we will follow the USGA rules. So these are the these are the standard rules. If, yeah. If you're playing a tournament, that's the uniform be act. Going to be stickler stickler for this. You follow the USGA rules. Now these scrambles that we play in generally don't follow all the rules, like how many clubs you have in your bag, right? That's one that's usually always broken. Who's breaking that rule? Just just me? Just Yeah. Who's, okay. Who has more, t more than 14 clubs in their bag? I mean, I think I have at least 17. Okay, well. Well, Dave actually lost today's match. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, this just in. <laughs> Dave's disqualified. Uh, I've, yeah, I've been disqualified from the match for um, carrying too many, too many clubs in my bag. That rule hasn't changed. 14 clubs, Dave. But I believe that you lost because you couldn't provide your own golf balls. I don't think the there's match. any rules against borrowing golf balls from you, your friends. You, you lost. You can, You have to provide your own golf balls, I thought. Isn't that one of the rules? I guess unless someone <laughs> gives, it, gives it to you. Okay. All right. I think if someone's willing to give you a golf ball, I mean, the only rule is that you can't pocket a ball that you played a hole with, which you, you like doing. You like hitting balls and then putting with a be uh, with a ball that's better for putting. Well, right. I don't want to lose the Pro V. That's against the rules. And also, But also, you can only have a certain number of balls in your bag, I thought, right? The, oh. Like the pros, they can only carry a certain number. 
of golf balls in their bag and they can't replenish those at any point. I believe I'm pulling. That's a rule I didn't know anything about. Ago. It could be, yeah. um, but if you're a pro and you're playing and you've lost so many balls that you've gone through all the balls in your bag, uh, I don't imagine that you're gonna, you're having you're going to be very competitive. I think that um, what was that that 13 that Sergio had at TPC a couple of years ago. I think he he may have been running low on balls by the end of that hole. Um, oh yeah, he hit like five five in the water or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he might be running low. I have, I have no idea about maximum number of balls to be carried. I'm not a good golfer, but at the same time, when I hit with those really soft Pro Vs with my irons, I, I tend to shave some of that, um, that plastic off of them. And if I was a pro, I feel like that would affect my game and I'd want to, you know, swap it out for a new ball, but... I'm running short I think they on change balls. balls every couple holes generally. Yeah. Um, all right. So we've got. Apparently, there's a there's a maximum score. A lot of these again are going to be for amateur play, uh, but it says a player score for each hole is capped at the maximum set by the committee, which may be fixed, uh, related to par or related to the pa- player's handicap. I don't even know what that means. It's basically saying they may fix a maximum score. Um, Interesting. I always thought the maximum score was eight, no matter if it's par three or par five. Put down the Ocho. Put down the Snowman. I never really understood how to handicap holes like that based on uh, based on your handicap that you can only card like a maximum score. I guess it's for keep keeping people from overinflating their handicaps. What is the maximum handicap? Thirty. Yeah, I think so. But I even mean just on a hole that. Different players could have a different maximum shot they're allowed to write down. Hmm. So, like, a really good golfer potentially... Maybe I have it backwards. So, a really... Let's say a, let's say a two handicap, I think, can only take, like, triple on a hole or something. Hmm. But a higher handicap, I think, can take a higher score. I don't quite know exactly... Please, if you're listening, just disregard this portion of the You can call in to podcast. our 1-800 number right now, which, uh, again, we haven't listed anywhere to let us know what we've gotten incorrect on this podcast. I don't know if anyone's going to call. I don't know if anyone knows that w- this is happening right now. Apparently, you weren't allowed to previously repair marks made by your shoe spikes, and now you are. Oh. You uh, know, I was out there today, and I have a fairly aggressive set of spikes made by one of our sponsors, Nike, and uh, thank you for sponsoring this Bar Association Bar Talk podcast, Nike. Um, and on the greens, they were soft today because it just rained yesterday, mm-hmm. and I was I was making some pretty big marks with my cleats in the in the ground, and I felt pretty bad about it. I didn't think it would affect any putts, but maybe, depending on the conditions. Well, you were stepping in my line. Always. And I definitely missed the putt that I noticed at worst on. Okay. So, well, that, that's another way that you won today, and I lost. Thank you. So, for everybody there who wants to uh, to hear more about this game, please press one now. Oh, there's there's a, a change regarding rules in the bunker. Um, when you're not addressing the ball, you're allowed to ground your club now, um, and you're also allowed to one. you're all allowed to move impediments in the bunker, which you couldn't previously do. So if there was, like, a leaf resting on your ball previously, right. you couldn't do anything, uh, and now you can. That's very interesting. 
that again makes a lot of sense, but it's it's also cost some people some some big time moments over the years. I believe it was Dustin Johnson who lost to Martin Keimer in either the U.S. Open or the PGA Tour Championship in Wisconsin, and it was because he grounded his club in what he thought was a waste bunker, waste area rather than a, uh, a I guess it would just be a bunker, right? And everyone was like, oh, he just didn't read the rules that all these areas are considered actual bunkers today, even if they don't have rakes, even if they have you been would manicured. Think, you would think he would have checked first or known. <clears throat> Again, about Dustin Johnson. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I agree. We are talking about Dustin Johnson. <laughs> he hasn't had the best judgment. Not always. I mean, going down the stairs in socks, you know, that Oh, that yeah, I forgot. Yeah, he got like, really hurt, didn't he? Supposedly. Oh, yeah. Or Jim Rome doesn't believe Paulina. it. Paulina... Pushed him. <laughs> yeah, DJ, if you're listening, we love you. We'll we'll definitely take any extra tickets you have to the next year's Masters. He's Turn probably up. not listening he, to this. He he may be a big podcast guy. Who knows? Dustin Johnson. I don't think he's a big reading guy. <laughs> Hot take. Hot take on DJ. Hot take. Uh, <laughs> what do we got? So you can leave the flag stick in the hole. We already talked about that, and we've covered most of the ones that are kind of well known. What's a rule that, that exists that you don't like? What's your least favorite rule of golf? Uh, I don't like that you can't ground the club uh, in the bunker. Okay, so, so you, you're okay with So I couldn't take too. a practice. I'd, li- I'd love to be able to take a practice swing. Right. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of rules that we, we tend not to follow very closely that I'm sure if we followed more closely, I would have problems with them. Uh you're not supposed to ask another player what what club he used on a particular shot. Maybe that's a good rule. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, if you're if you're playing against them, you can ask teammates. So if you're playing in a scramble or you're playing, I guess in like a Ryder Cup format where you're you're playing with teammates, you you guys can talk on the same team. You can talk about uh, what clubs you're using, but you cannot ask an opponent what club they use. That's a penalty it might even be like two strokes that's very interesting how about you uh i have to say the one that i hate is having to tee my ball up behind the markers for the tee box i really i like to get better angles i hate how the tee box is all you know messed up today it was really soft and chewy and and i didn't have much of a a grip and i i wanted to just tee it up from a different spot yeah, and yeah, you know, that's, that's two inches in front of the the tee markers. I'm, I'm well, I'm especially off. if you're playing, if you're not playing some fancy country club, a lot of times the tee boxes, especially if they're not moving the tee markers often enough, the tee boxes get so chewed up. Yeah, and it would be nice to not be forced to hit from such a terrible uh, spot. The, I mean, the other thing, and this is just coming from playing on Muni courses. I, I I like to fluff my my ball. I, mm-hmm. I like to improve my lie. Um, I hit the ball better. I which enjoy in winter rules you can generally do that. I mean that's allowed in you can play rules. it up. Yeah. So winter rules allow allow you to clean and place your ball. Uh, even so, even on the pro if the, if it's sloppy conditions even on the pro tour they'll say winter rules are in effect, and which means you're allowed to pick your ball up, clean it, and pl- replace it. Mm-hmm. With a with a good lie, and that certainly um, happened to us today. We had we had muddy golf balls 
all round on every single shot, it seemed like. I've heard some slang terms or, of, or other alternate ways of describing it as either playing the ball up or down. Mm. Down means you're not allowed to do anything with it. Up means you can pick it up. You can put it up on top of the uh, rough. Yeah. Uh, so, obviously, it's it's nice to play up because you can... Thanks, Molly. Molly likes playing up. Oh, I got a rule. I got a rule that kind of address a, a rule that I don't like that kind of addresses what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Uh, I think that out of bounds should be the same treatment as a water hazard. Yeah. I don't know why that's not like if I hit a ball into the water, I can drop right by where where it went in. Whereas if I hit a ball past a you know a stake onto someone's lawn, uh, it was just as bad of a shot. Right. But I'm penalized much worse for it. Right. They maybe don't want you to be that close to the out of bounds. They want you dropping right there and kind of playing that edge. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I'm. I've never really under- understood that. Yeah. I don't really see a difference. I, I got a, I got a hottest of the hot takes. My my least favorite rule. I'm gonna come out with this. Playing 18 holes. I think 14 should be the new round of golf. 14 holes, that's that's plenty plenty of time, plenty of shots, plenty of fun. Let's uh, let's call it a 14. Let's only have 14 holes. The best 14 holes. And so the bar would be like the 15th hole? Sure. Take out the there's always four bad holes on the course. So just take those out. Only have those those best 14. Call it good. I'm going to say that that is a proposal that probably will never come into effect. <laughs> I would like there right. to be some requirement uh, that forces to pe- people to play from the tees that are most appropriate for their game. Mm. I mean, there's so many people that play from longer than te- tees than they should. Like us playing from I the mean, Blues I mean, we played today. from the Blues. We played, <laughs> but that course isn't so long that the Blues aren't really appropriate. You know, we, weren't, we weren't really struggling to get to the to the green the distance-wise. Right. Uh, we just weren't playing great golf, but di- we we weren't having a problem distance-wise. But it makes you take a more difficult club out of the bag. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm playing, let's say a 420-yard par four versus a 380-yard par four, I mean, I'm gonna have to use a lot more difficult to hit clubs. You know, 380, I could go. If I hit a driver, then I could potentially have like an eight iron in. Whereas on a 420 I'm still probably have like almost like a hybrid in, and so I'm not gonna. I'm much less likely to hit the green on my second shot. That slows the game down too, because if I'm hitting a nine iron into the green, I'm more likely to put it either on the green or near the green versus the hybrid, where you know maybe I'll hook it out of bounds, maybe I'll put it in the sand. Uh, It's gonna add. It adds more shots. It adds more time uh, looking for your ball. It adds. Yeah. So. There's a lot that playing from closer tees could do to speed up the game. There's also a rule that I've seen, and this is a rule for uh, tournaments or scrambles, casual tournaments and scrambles, where uh, people who are playing really well, you know, if you get a stacked team, um, you have to move back a tee box for every birdie you get or par yeah, you get. Did I talk? Did we talk about this? I did. I played that recently at the end of my league. We did that. Um, at the end of our league play, but yeah, that's that's great. They called it a red, white, and blue st- scramble. Yeah. Uh, and it basically self handicaps because the players who are not playing as well are going to end up 
hitting from the closer tees. The players who are playing great are going to keep having to move back, and it forces kind of everyone to play almost to the same level because you're giving like an appropriate advantage. It's being tailored very carefully to how you're playing currently, not how you played a month ago. Yeah. Uh, so I really like that. I think that's a great format. I would encourage. I don't. I don't know if it, if if it's going to necessarily happen in random friendly games of golf, but. If you're playing in a scramble, I think that's a that's a great way to play a scramble, especially if you have uh, ver- much vari- variance in the level of play. Yeah. And um, I, maybe we need to look at it for the field day, the OBA field day. I like that a lot. Yeah. I mean, I'd probably say you want to keep the black tees out of play. Right. Because those are crazy. I think... Our champions. Yeah, and right now we have yellow for seniors... Um, red for ladies, yeah. and then whites for everybody else. So we could use some variants of that. Yeah. Um, anything else on the on the rules of golf? I don't like that you can't on the green use your club like a pool cue. <laughs> I would like That's to be specifically able to now stated. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's been interesting to watch Bryson DeChambeau, um, a new young star on the. A PGA Tour who takes math into account and and takes physics and everything into account in a big way and uh, yeah he never he, shuts up about it <laughs> he uh, so he takes this this analytical approach of using all this data data and um, and taking all the video of himself and everything and one thing that he was training trying to do on the green was use a very very small putter it was maybe a ball and a half wide. And I think I've seen that there's like a, it's like a cube putter. Yeah, a cube putter. And <laughs> it's supposed to be like a training aid. It's not supposed to be like a putter that you use yeah. every time. But he found out that he was hitting the ball so true with that that he wanted to use it. <laughs> and they said, you can't use it. It's not a USGA approved putter. Okay. He also tried to do side saddle putting. Right. One one uh, hand all the way down near the bottom of the putter. Like Happy Gilmore style putting. Yeah, Happy Gilmore style, which you can do, interestingly, under the rules. Um, but he, he wasn't doing well at it, a- as opposed to you can't ground the putter on your chest, which a lot of players were doing. Adam Scott, a lot of the senior tour players were doing over the years. Um, now, haven't some players moved back to a longer putter? They just There's just like a rule you can't... It can no longer... I don't know why they made that rule, either. That made no sense to me. I mean, you had a bunch of the top golfers in the war- world putting, and they weren't drastically better than the non-long putter They thought golfers. it was. They thought it was a, a drastic uh, difference. Was uh, So was every long putter using pro golfer all the way at the top of the putting stats? or No, but it was a disproportionate amount. And, you know, it's interesting, like Adam Scott... But wouldn't everyone just switch to it, then? I think they were. They were moving, switching it to it. Uh, but, but you know, the thing with Adam Scott, so he has a long putter now, and he does have the the hands separated, and he's got it, like, two inches away from his chest, and so it's strange. He's not actually, what is it, anchored to the chest, yeah. but he is so close, and it still works better than a regular putter. So putter. what do you think the concern was, like, the intent? So were they concerned that everyone was going to... Uh, move to the long putters and everyone looks like stupid when they're putting like that or that's an interesting point i mean they said it was because it was it too it gave too much of an advantage so it, it didn't 
didn't have a level playing field. You talked you talked earlier about these drivers, these new drivers out here. Yeah. The you know the Rogue Epic, the N3 M4s. Those are the top ones. The twisty face. Basically, the new the new putters from most of the big manufacturers. Like everyone likes the Ping putter, yeah. and Cobra has some really tight. There's new Titleist TSI. Put, uh, <clears throat> I'm saying putters, drivers. <laughs> right. Uh, right. The the new Titleist drivers that just came out, which by the way, depending on the shafts you pick, you can spend like eight hundred fifty dollars. That's insane. On a driver, I think they start at like four fifty, but you can spend another four hundred on top of that on an upgraded shaft. You can get two sets of my clubs for that price. Um, so, with the but the, with these new drivers, not putters, new drivers, or Hank Haney. Haney. I was listening to Hank Haney earlier. Hank Haney said, this technology is such, if you're not using this, you're basically giving away a few shots around. Yeah, he just so said the better. newest, the newest um, collection of drivers, the 20, pretty much all the drivers that have come out in 2018 are... And I guess the 2017 clubs too are leaps and bounds above anything that came out three, four, five years ago, uh, and they still conform within the the rules of club design. And a lot of you know a lot of people were like, well, you're never going to be able to make clubs better with the, with these rules. They're just going to you know it's marketing that they're going right. to make the graphics are cooler and but right. the clubs are going to play the same. But it's I mean you can look on a launch monitor the new clubs they're conforming and they're drastically improved over so they conform to the rules but somehow they're able to continue to add more and more technology in i mean i guess as long as you're staying within the rules though whatever advantage you're able to to get i mean i guess they could i don't think there's really a problem with with people hitting it further especially for amateurs i think it helps yeah if people are going to insist on playing from the wrong tees at least hopefully they have the clubs to do it (laughs) Well, and, and then, you know, we talked about the golf balls earlier, the difference between, you know, a, a Pinnacle. We love Pinnacle. They're one of our sponsors here. Pinnacle golf ball, um, you know, that flying through there and a Pro V1 from Titleist or, a, you know, a Chrome Soft from uh, Callaway. Well, I was just, I had been watching a video that it was like they were doing demos at, at Titleist facility, but... They were having people hit balls that weren't painted properly, had like uneven dimples. They maybe they were having they put balls up where dimples only on one side, and the the I guess the symmetry of the dimple patterns and the quality and evenness and and qu- I guess quality of production almost right um, that there's like you're not going to get a messed up. Titleist golf ball, I guess, is there was pretty much there, what they were trying to say, and they were showing how drastic if a ball even like was slightly off in production, uh, how drastically it can affect the ball's flight. Now, pausing here, are you sponsored by Titleist? I see, no. I see Callaway. I see Puma. I see North Face. I see no. Adidas. I don't see any. I don't think I have any Titleist. I got some hats. Um, I don't think I. I mean, my bag is kind of all over the place. Yeah. I have no brand allegiance, although I've been liking Callaway. My Callaways are my irons, and I, I've been liking Callaway more and more. So if Callaway wanted, wanted to send you the latest model, you wouldn't turn that down. You wouldn't send that. That would back. be great. Yeah. So what's what are those? I, what are those rogue irons? They're like two seventy-five an iron, I think. Oof. 
which if you're buying seven of them or eight of them, that gets pri- that gets pricey. Yeah, that's a lot of hours of legal work to. Yeah, <laughs> the the pay for I that. think those TaylorMades, the P nine P nine twenties or something, are twenty two hundred bucks for a full set. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, well, I I want to thank you, Patrick, for inviting me over for uh, another podcast uh, with the Omaha Bar Association Bartech podcast. Uh, this has been a, a fun afternoon of learning about the new rules of golf. And I think as, as we talked through them, it, it sounded like use them whenever it makes sense, but uh, also just have fun out there. I mean, it helps to know the rules, but these minor, if they're trying to like make it make the game more approachable or really speed up the the rule the game i don't think that these rules are really going to accomplish either of those but it's nice to see that they're they have that in that the usa is actually considering that i saw they just had a um, european tour event that they called on the clock or something like that and they gave them only i think it was 20 seconds when they were the first one they were playing in a two-person format so if you were the first person to your ball, you had 20 seconds to hit your shot. And if you were the second person, so you were, you know, hit it further than the first person's drive, and yeah. you were the second person up, you had 15 seconds to address and hit your ball. Something something like that. It was a really short amount of time. Maybe it was 45 and 30 seconds. I don't like that. The, I also don't think Sergio Garcia would perform very well. <laughs> the, but the, the, the scores actually showed they were doing better. They were playing because they were just getting out of their heads. I think so, in some respects, yeah. They weren't second-guessing it, and they were kind of playing by their instincts. Um, so that was the first time that it's happened on the professional level, happened in Europe. Um, so what would happen if they, would they get like a panel, would they be penalized if? There was a, they get a one um, warning and then they'd be penalized a stroke for every time that they. I mean, I guess 20 seconds is a while for, from the time you address your I ball. Mean, once you get up there. So you're, you're getting there, you put your bag down, start the clock, you look at your yardage book, you see everything, you choose your. Maybe it was 30 seconds. That seems like Wait, a you have to do all that? Seems seems like a little... Oh, I think short. you meant like from the time you address the ball. They're counting like the preparation too? It was, it was something like when they get to their ball and they're like... So if you're waiting on somebody on the green, mm-hmm. you know, that time doesn't start until they're off the green. But okay. if, if at that point you're taking a minute and a half, you're going to get a warning, yeah. you're going to get a stroke penalty. I guess. I mean, I just want to see the best possible golf played. It's really interesting when you look at how they, you know, put the clock on some of the pros, but they never go to Tiger. They'll never, they'll never like give him a warning for playing too slowly, even though yeah, he's notoriously one of the slowest golfers. Yeah, he's slow. Except when he's playing poorly and then he plays really quickly. And yeah. You want him to slow down, but he's just like way too quick. We uh, got anything else? Just uh, I want to thank our real sponsor of this podcast the Omaha Daily Record at omahadailyrecord.com and their physical location down on Leavenworth, I think about 35th and Leavenworth. Uh, Omaha Daily Record is a great publication. It is the official legal news newspaper of Omaha and they do legal notices, of course. Yep, yeah, we use them constantly. They are easy to work with, really good with their billing. Um, They've never made any errors in any of the publications I've required them to make, which other legal newspapers in the surrounding area have definitely made errors. And they 
they do a great um, at least once a week sort of uh, story on people in the legal community, things going on. Yep. They have a column from Dick Chagru, for those of you who went to Creighton Law back in the day, Dick, uh, Professor Chagru, he, he does a regular column there. And uh, for those of you who enjoy things from Governor Ricketts and uh, Senator Fisher and the rest of the elected delegation, they have regular columns in there as well. Um, and strangely enough, they're going to do a feature article on the podcast. So we also love them for giving some podcast love here. So yeah, that's great. It's a it's a little circular um, uh, shout out here. So uh, thanks to Daily Record. Go online, check them out, and we're out. Thanks everybody. Thank you. <laughs>